Greetings, Retreat Church. It's good to be with you again today and bring the Word of the Lord to you. I pray that the Word of the Lord penetrates your heart and mind in a way that shapes you further into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our goal. That's why we enter the Word of God. We want it to shape us. We want it to shape the way we think, the way we live our lives before the Lord, and I pray that's happening in your life on a daily basis. Um, This morning, I received a text from a friend, and uh, it was a friend, and uh, she sent me a text, and she said, thank you for the role that you've played in my husband's life, and then there was a picture of us there, and um, there was was not much gray, still kind of bald, because I went bald like early, like young, so I was still bald, but you know, there was like some a lot of, like, no gray. There was no gray in this here little goatee. And um, it was interesting to look at that picture and to think about this friend of mine who um, we've been part of each other's lives now for about 24 years. And it's been so neat to be able to travel like a similar road with one another. And um, where our lives have kind of done this a little bit to where we both kind of made some shifts together in life. And in some ways, our, our lives go in a little bit of a different direction. And then we keep kind of intersecting each other's lives. And we, we've kind of done life together um, as friends for 24 years. And it's been my kind of, it's like a pleasure of mine. It's just this way that I got to know him because I became the pastor of a church that he was attending 24 years ago. And um, just our lives began to be enmeshed. Our wives love each other. Um, kids grew up together. Um, now we're both grandparents and we're doing that. And, you know, as a pastor, I've had these places in my life where the road that I'm traveling is intersecting with the roads that other people are traveling. And there are these beautiful expressions of life taking place at these, at these intersections. And what I sometimes forget is that before those intersections, I had a life. You know, there, there was me before I became a pastor. There was me before I intersected that friend's life. And there are before, and he had a life before our, our lives came together. And what God was doing in my life and what God was doing in his life, they really had um, little to do with one another in some ways, but yet had all to do with one another as they intersected. Because as we intersected, um, all that God was up to in my life was pouring into those moments. And what God had been doing in his life was pouring into those moments. And now we've done life together as friends for so many years. And as a pastor, I've, been, I've had the privilege of intersecting many lives. Some, like my friends and other friends like him, um, we've been doing life ever since those interactions or intersections um, came together. Um, other people, it's been a moment. It's been um, maybe a connection like this, that this is the first time and last time you'll ever listen to, to a sermon. So our lives are intersecting right now in this place. There have been people that have um, come into our church and our lives have intersected for a season and then God calls them elsewhere to do other things. Um, this is the third church that I've pastored. So there's been those intersections and those seasons. And um, I was a classroom teacher for 17 years. And so there was a lot of intersections there with church, with people coming, getting um, as freshmen in high school, graduating and moving on to the next place in their life. And, and so as our lives begin to have these multiple intersections with people, we begin to understand that God calls us to walk a road with some people. 
in our life, that sometimes our road becomes their road, and their road becomes our road. And for a while, and many times, God asks us to kind of take our minds off of our own road for a minute, and to really concentrate and be part of their road. And it's more about where God is taking them and more about what God is doing in their life. And He's going to use you, but it's about them. And there are so many times that God asks us to do that. And so this morning, I want to talk about following God on the roads of others. So we're all following the Lord, right? But He asks us to come in and intersect some people's lives or to merge into their lane and to travel with them for a season. That season may be long. That season may be short. But how do we get on other people's roads, travel with them in a productive way that leads to fulfillment of what God is doing in their lives? Let's talk for a moment. Let's grab your Bibles. Turn to Acts chapter 9, where we see the conversion of Saul, and he becomes the apostle Paul as he begins now to follow Jesus, how he had his life before and he had his life after. We're at that intersection where Paul meets Jesus, but we're also at another intersection with a man that is maybe a little less known, actually a lot less known than Saul turned Paul. And for the rest of our time together, I will do my best to um, call him Saul because that is his name in the text. If I slip up and call him Paul, then you've got to forgive me. So when we're looking at this, this man, Ananias, he's the one that he's, he's, he's coming along and he's, he's intersecting. As he follows God, he's intersecting the road of Saul. Saul, as you know, if you read the text, and hopefully you'll read it in its entirety, um, Saul was moving in a direction from Jerusalem to the city of Damascus. He had received authority to arrest those that were part of the way, that were following Jesus, and he had permission to arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. So that was his mission. His mission was to go into Damascus and arrest Christians and shut down the church in Damascus. But in the first few verses of this chapter, we come to realize that God confronts people on their road, that God confronts them, that God comes and stands right in front of people as they are traveling in a specific direction, trying to uh, um, attain certain goals, trying to fulfill their own dreams and their own lifestyle, and they're trying to really live out what they think life is all about. And God oftentimes comes and he stands right in the middle of people, and he confronts them in this way. Look at this amazing way, verse 1, chapter 9, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, He approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But arise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. 
So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight and neither drank nor ate. Now you see here in this text that Saul had a life before he knew Jesus, and that life was, in his opinion, following God. Saul truly believed that what he was doing in trying to destroy the followers of Jesus, to destroy what we call the church today, as he was trying to stamp that out, he really believed that he was doing God's will. He thought he was being a good Pharisee, that he was being a good Jew, that he was being a good man of God. And as he went about doing the things that he believed God was wanting him to do, Jesus confronted him in this very powerful way, in this very powerful way. And Saul's confrontation was with the resurrected Jesus. And that is the kind of confrontation, excuse me, that we need, that we're praying for. Me as a follower of Christ, as I pray for those that are not following Christ, I pray that they have an experience with the resurrected Christ. That the resurrected Christ literally confronts them right on their path. And if you're listening to this today and you are not a follower of Jesus, that that just might be what God is doing during this time as he has you listening to this, that he may be confronting you on your path. And we know that Saul's first days with Jesus were marked by darkness. Very important kind of thing that I I can't spend a lot of time um, on this morning, but I just wanted to, as we're passing through this, make this note to you that oftentimes when we get confronted by God, in these very powerful ways, the first part of that is darkness, is this, I don't know what's happening, is this state of, what does this mean, this state of, I don't get it, I thought I was doing the right thing, I thought I was living the right way, I thought I was on the right path, and and now there's just this confrontation with Jesus, and now there's nothing but question marks. There's nothing but doubt about who I am and about the way that I've been living my life and I don't know how to move forward. And there's this season of darkness. But God creates a lot and does a lot in darkness. And as he moves us through those periods of time, he's walking us to a place of new understanding, a place of newness. But there's this season and we have to embrace this kind of period in our life that feels dark, but in reality God is shutting down things that you once thought were true, things that you once thought were valuable. He's shutting those down and he has you in this waiting period to where he's working in your life and he's creating things in your life to move you forward into new understanding. And so don't be afraid of this immediate kind of place of darkness. And it seems to me in my life with Christ that there's many seasons of this. That, that God, whenever he's going to bring us into a new place, into a new understanding, into maybe a, onto a new road, there's this season where we just kind of are feeling unsettled, where we don't rest really well, where we have more questions for God than we have answers. And that's kind of where Paul, or excuse me, I did it again, um, where Saul was as, as he was converted to following Christ. So we see in this text that God confronts people on their own road. But you know what God also does in this text is God invites us and brings us into an intersection. He brings us to this intersection. Notice what he does in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 10. He says, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, 
Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to a street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might receive his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And, the, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And now here is this intersection where Ananias, when, when God is bringing Ananias into Saul's life, all, all Ananias understands about Saul is Saul's past and what, he, what he's heard from the many. He doesn't know what God has already done in his life. Ananias is absent of that information. And when God brings us and he intersects our life into the lives of others, we have a choice to make. We can either go on what we've heard from the many about these people, or we can understand that God is intersecting our lives and we don't know exactly what God has been up to. We don't know exactly what God has been doing in their lives to bring them to that moment. We have to walk into intersections of life with people believing that God has been working in their life in ways that we don't know, in ways that we don't understand, and we have to understand that we might have some fear engaging with them. We might have some rumors that have been brought into our life that, that want to cause us to draw away from these intersections, but God is literally calling us to intersect people's lives on their road, and we have to follow God in that, knowing that we might have heard certain things about these people. We might have certain fears about people. We might have certain apprehensions about the person. They may have a past, but we don't know exactly what God has been doing up until that point, and we as faithful followers of God, if we're going to make an impact in our world, if we're going to bring life change to the people that are around us, if we're going to truly live out the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must be willing to intersect people's lives knowing that we don't know, knowing that God has been working in their lives, and we may not fully understand that. And so Ananias falls into line. He follows God. And then what we see in this text is that God changes and redefines the destination. God changes and redefines the destination. So here's Paul. Paul is moving from Jerusalem to Damascus. He's going into Damascus and he's going to arrest anybody that's following Jesus and he's going to bring them back to Jerusalem. And on his way, he gets confronted by the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And then God calls in Ananias and their lives intersect on this road to Damascus. And, and as, excuse me, intersect in Damascus, the destination. Now, Paul thought that he was going into Damascus to arrest Christians. But in reality, he was going into Damascus to learn from the Christians and to be changed into one himself and then go out and make even more Christians. So was Paul, and slash Saul, was he going to Damascus? Yes. But the reason he thought he was going to Damascus was not the real reason he was going. 
And it was because he had a confrontation with the resurrected Jesus and because others had intersected his life. And we look at what really happened in Damascus whence Saul arrived. Notice, starting again in verse 17, halfway through the verse, it says, And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by, you, road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he arose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. Now, we read on. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. That's such a powerful statement. There he was. These were the people he was going to arrest. These are the people that he was going to drag back to Jerusalem. But now he's sitting with them as a believer in Jesus, baptized, full of the Holy Spirit. And for some days he is with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20 tells us, And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this man the one who made havoc in Jerusalem? of those who called on this name. And as he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priest, but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. God redefined the destination. It was going to be a place of arrest and of torture and of murder, but instead it became a place of salvation and a place of proclamation, a place of joining the community of God for which he sought to destroy. God, as he calls followers of him to intersect lives in which he is working, the destination of their life is redefined. So if we're going to be part of this, if we're going to continue this work that was begun so many, many years ago, I believe that there are two things that I want to finish with today. It is this. First, follow God into the lives of others by listening to Him instead of the many. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to the chatter. If God is leading you into someone's life, faithfully follow God in, in, in the face of your own fears, in the face of what you believe many to be saying, follow God into their lives. He will change and redefine their destination. And then finally, we do not know how God has worked in the lives of others prior to our involvement. We, we don't know. We, we simply don't. We're, we're absent of that information. And so if we only base our involvement in people's lives based upon our knowledge of their past, if all that they have done and all that they have lived kind of checks in with us and then we, okay, it's safe for me to get involved. No, the Christians don't live like that. We follow God directly into people's lives, knowing that in some way and somehow, whatever God has done in the past in their life to bring them into ours, that may or may not be any of our business. We are followers of God, followers of Jesus, and he's leading us into the lives of people that are around us. He's intersecting his lives with, with he's intersecting our lives, people that love Jesus, that are following Jesus, people that are being converted. God is bringing their lives together because he intends to change the destination of so many. 
Would you allow him to use you this day? Would you allow him to use you to intersect the lives of others in this world that so desperately needs a redefining of its destination? God bless you.